you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got an amazing brand expert with me today. Uh, she has literally just published her first book, Let's Get Visible, which is an outstanding book if you want to know more about branding. My guest today is Sapna Piri. Welcome to the show, Sapna. Good morning, Robin. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So um, you've you've been on a very interesting journey, but um, uh, I know that you have some very strong views on uh, brand versus branding, which we're obviously going to go into in today's episode. Mm-hmm. But what got you into brand identities, brand branding in the first place? Uh, well, I've, I've been drawing since I was two, so I've always been creative. Um, and I studied graphic design at uh, uh, the University of Northumbria. And I realised even then that most designers didn't understand business because I certainly came out of there not prepared for the world of business. Um, and when I spoke to business people, they didn't really understand design. So I did a postgrad in marketing because um, I thought well, that would sort of bridge the gap between client and and designer. So even back then, you know, 23 years ago, I I kind of realized that there, there was there was somewhere that we could, you know, sort of if, that could be a USP for me um, if I understood that world and how design fits into that. So I did that, but then I fell into marketing and um, I was then briefing out design agencies to do our stuff for the, the, I was working for a group of radio brands, actually the most least visual medium you can think of. I ended up in, uh, in radio, but it was great. Um, but I found that the problems, I, I, I experienced the problems that a lot of people do in working with designers and that you give them a brief and then they come back with something that's not, that doesn't quite hit the spot, that wasn't what you were thinking of, that didn't really represent what you were trying to convey. Um, and my answer back then was to my boss, you know, get us a Mac and I'll do this better, faster and cheaper. Um, obviously, that's not sustainable for everybody. Um um, or even possible. So I've, I've worked at design agencies over the time. I've worked in media. I've worked in advertising. Um, and these problems kept, you know, I was either the designer or the client in in various different roles. I've worked for um, the likes of EMAP, um, Telegraph Media Group, Trinity, Trinity Mirror Group, O2 Media. And it was always the same problem. So when I became an entrepreneur, about four or five years ago, actually, I, I, I had uh, a baby, went back into... Um, being a media consultant for a while. But then once I had my second child and postnatal depression, I decided I couldn't really be in the, in the media space anymore because it's quite high energy, high powered, lots of boozy lunches, lots of late nights partying, gigs. You know, it was, it was a great life when I was in my 20s and 30s and I absolutely loved it. But once I, I hit my 40s and I had a baby and a toddler, uh, not so much. So I had to kind of reassess what I was going to do. Um, and my husband had become an entrepreneur and joined a course called KPI, which both you and I are alumni of. Um, and, um, and he came home one day, his brochure had got seen. I'd done his branding. I'd done his brochure, obviously. Um, his branding got seen by another mutual friend of ours, um, Andrew Priestley. He held up the brochure in a room full of 65 entrepreneurs and said, this, guys, is the gold standard. This is what you should be aiming for. And, um, and Andy came home with seven business cards in his hand. 
not for him, for me. Um, and I sort of t- told the story because I was like, I had a baby on one hip and a toddler at my feet and I was stirring apart. And he went, there you go. And I said, well, what's that? And he went, seven people that want to do business with you. So I kind of had this a bit of an epiphany that all the experience I'd had in the past with design, marketing, advertising, um, you know, working for media groups with big brands, making their messages come to life. I could do that with for, for entrepreneurs. And that's kind of where it started. Cool. And explain this. So a lot of the people watching this, they're coaches, consultants and freelancers. Maybe they've just started out and they're not quite sure kind of what is the difference between brand and branding? Okay. Um, I'm glad you asked me that because it's one of those things that, that people do get muddled up and people... F- a lot of entrepreneurs I see run out there when they're setting up their business and they go and get a logo done and they think that that's their brand. Your brand is not your logo. Um, your brand is the most visible part. Uh, your, your logo is the most visible part of your brand. I sort of, your brand is like a, an iceberg and, um, and the logo is, is the bit at the top, you know, that you can see just above the water. It's the most visible part because it goes across everything. But actually there's so much more that lies beneath. And so your brand is every touch point of your business. It's the, it's the customer experience, um, right from when they first come across you to when they, you know, fill in a form to make an appointment with you or, um, you know, it's every, it's the website it's 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 everything but it's also the promise it's the customer experience and the brand promise that what, what you're how you're going to transform their lives that's the brand nobody will fall in love with your business because of it because of your logo um you might really love your logo but nobody's going to decide to work with you because of your logo they will decide to work with you because they feel um you know connected in some way you'll have made an emotional connection and so building a brand is about making that emotional connection, getting people to take notice. Yes, that's the, the visual side. You know, that'll, that'll stop them in their tracks and they'll look. Um, but actually, they need to feel connected. Um, how are you aligned, you know, with your target market? Do they feel that your values are the same? You're certainly not going to do business with somebody who you you think shares completely different values to your own. Um, and certainly during, you know, the, the, the pandemic, um, where people have been cutting down their costs and cutting down disposed, you know, disposable income's gone. And you, the, the spend that you've maintained will be with brands that you feel loyal to or that you feel are serving you. Um, so that, you know, that, that is brand. In terms of like, because you see a lot of people who kind of just throw out the logo and then they think, ah, oh, job done, right, we can yeah. move on with that now. But what actually they're doing is kind of creating confusion with their customers as well, because then like the logo, which they might use on their business card is ever so slightly different sort of colors or fonts to the logo they've got on their website. And, you know, so actually a big part of it is consistency as well. And if that consistency is not there, then they start to look unprofessional. And actually you've got this, you've got a great story, which you tell about, um, uh, I think she was a, a chef or something and her daughter had drawn the logo and she was very uh, emotionally attached to the logo herself. Yes, yes, um, yes. And actually, you know, when it came down to it and she realised, well, actually it doesn't really represent the business. It didn't really look that professional. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a drawing done by her 14-year-old niece um, which she'd used, which was a drawing of herself. Um, this is my, cl- my client, Marie Claire. She was actually my first ever client um, way back, way back when. Um, and she, um, you know, felt attached to this, um, this drawing of her, but it wasn't a logo. She was calling it a logo, but it was just a picture of her. It didn't even have her business name on it. Um, and she'd only used it on her invoices. So it wasn't on her website. It wasn't on her, 
um, Facebook pages, they all look very different. So, you know, that's where branding comes in. Because if, if your brand is actually a set of values and experiences and promises, then branding is the visual representation of those experiences and, and, and promises to your customers. Um, and that does need to be consistent. And so certainly Marie Claire did not have consistency. You wouldn't recognize it from platform to platform. You've only got a few seconds to make that great first impression. Um, and did you know that we scroll through 96 metres of social media a day, Robin? I can imagine that. It's probably for me, yes. it's about 96 miles. But, um. yeah, but 96 metres, to put that in context, is about the height of Big Ben. Oh, wow. OK. So, yeah. So um, so how do you stand out? Um, you know, when people are going that fast and they're scro- that, that scrolling down and scrolling, 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 you've got to be, um, people have got to know, like, and trust you, obviously, in order to, to do business with you. But before they even get to there, they've got to recognize you when you show up. Um, and consistent branding builds that recognition. So, you know, over time, you get to know, you get to sort of, you stop and you kind of go, oh, I recognize who that is because it's the same colors and it's the same fonts and it's the same styling because you've only got six seconds less than that on social media to make a great first impression. It's six seconds in real life before people will decide whether they want to work with you or not. And, that, um, and that's why a logo is just not enough because like it, it, if I just plastered this everywhere on social media, that's not enough, but I have to, mean sh- anything I have to show up own. in the same consistent way with the same consistent message, flash my books around. That's all part of my brand as well. So it's not, you know, that there are so many more kind of moving parts to brand than people actually think. And th- this is why you've got a really interesting um, sort of three part model called do, do say see which i think explains that whole process of how people interact with the brand like really really well so can you give us a quick sort of well not a quick doesn't have to be a quick one a pricey of kind of how do say see works how it's appropriate to a lot of the people who would be listening yeah well i developed this model when i realized time and time again that entrepreneurs were making this same uh you know sort of mistake with with their branding and um, the do say see model, if you can imagine three circles um, that are kind of linked in a Venn diagram style. So they, they all interlink in the middle. Um, the top one is, uh, let's call that do, because that's the first thing that most entrepreneurs will think about when they're setting up the business is their do, their, you know, what they're going to do for their business, their products or service they're selling, uh, the nuts and bolts of how it works. You know, what, how are you going to deliver it online or offline? Uh, what equipment do you need? What staff do you need? What, you know, premises maybe, you know, back in the days when we were all working from home. Um, so, so it's how you are going to deliver this product or service as well. That's your do, the nuts and bolts. Without that, you don't have a business. The next thing you think about is the say, because if you don't tell people that you've got this product or service to sell, again, you don't have a business. So it's about communication. That's the written or spoken word. So it's doing podcasts like this. It's having a Facebook page, website, brochure, blogs, books, you know, every way it's standing up and, and speaking at events again in the, back in the days when we had those and now it's online events. Um, so it's, it's getting your message out there. So that's say, and people spend a lot of time honing their say, they may work with a copywriter, they may work with a coach, um, you know, they may go on, on courses to learn how to pitch themselves and they'll spend time investing in, the, in that side of things. Um, but the last thing is the C. And, and it is, I say the last thing, because it's the last thing that a lot of people think about. They've spent so long thinking about their do and so long, you know, honing their say that then it's almost like an afterthought. It's like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that. So they go to Fiverr and they, you know, they, they get a logo done quickly because they just want to slap a logo on it and then that's done. Um, or they'll try and get their mate with a Mac to do it or they'll try and do it themselves. I have one client who got her mum to do her logo. That didn't go so well. Um, you know, <laughs> bless. But, um, you know, and then she came to us when she realised that wasn't really working. Um, 
And, uh, you know, uh, so that they'll try and do it on the cheap because by this point they're just, you know, champing at the bit ready to go. Um, and so they do it in a rush without the same strategy and thought that they've put into the other two parts. So there's three pillars of building brand that's do, say and see, because you need all three of them in order to build that because people don't see if you're saying you've got a great product or service and you have you you are doing that you will you've got a great product or service but then you haven't invested in that part you're going to look cheap you're going to look not considered um you know i've seen logos with typos in them i've seen you know web a web page somebody was advertising to me or, or messaged me on linkedin saying uh, advertising their va services i clicked on their website and the, the button on the home page was asking me to book an appointment um they spelled appointment <laughs> wrong um, and so that's c right so this is c is about the first impression it's not just about your logo it's the first impression that you're making on your clients that includes your logo but it includes your whole branding scheme your colors your type faces your imagery that you use um it's the video that you put out it's how you show up in person you know you're there uh, robin you wearing your fearless t-shirt because you are your brand i'm here wearing red you know we're kind of we've, we've both turned up branded for the talk today um but it's how you show up in person as well and it's the environment in which you do your business again behind you you've got you know your books you've got you know, i get shit done you've very much sort of thought about the environment that you're conducting um yourself in on online as well so um so c is about that great first impression and what entrepreneurs don't realize is it doesn't matter how good your products or services are if people are put off by the C because customers come at it the different journey you start off as an entrepreneur do say C leave C to the end the customer comes at it C say do so only if they like what they see will they bother to hear what you've got to say or read what you've got to say and only then will they have a cat in hell's chance of finding out what you do if you put them off with that first impression you've lost the sale and you don't even know it well and quite often that the business that even the person kind of looking at a website and spotting a typo they're not actually acutely aware that they've seen a typo a lot of it happens on a very subconscious level yes and that is the real power of a good quality brand when actually you're getting people to say yes subconsciously without having to kind of be taken through like a, a really, you know, there is so much like, you know, about sales funnels and marketing funnels and things like that these days where you have to force people down a particular journey in order to hard sell to them. And actually, I believe a really good brand um, acts in a much more passive way. It allows people to kind of interact with your brand seamlessly and start to take those next steps effortlessly so that then when they are ready, they can kind of lean into it without feeling sold to. And yeah. there are so few businesses which are doing that these days. Oh. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, so few businesses. Um, I think the, the thing about great branding is it makes people feel comfortable that if you, if you, if you look professional and pulled together um, and quality, then that says a lot about your business and the way you conduct your business, right? So if, I would say if you look cheap, you'll attract cheap. Um, so, But if you look premium, that's what you're saying. That's what you're putting out to the world, that you care about what you're putting out there and you're going to care about your customers. Um, to me, sloppiness, and, and, and again, it works on a very subconscious level, but if things are, look sloppy, then you kind of think, well, if you can't be bothered to put your best face forward, you, how are you going to treat me as a customer? Um, and nobody maybe goes through that thought process, but it all affects you subliminally. Um, I think it was Wally Ollens, who's a, who's a seminal designer, said that if two, if two identical um, products of identical quality and identical price, the one with the most attra attractive exterior will win. Um, we're all very geared to be quite judgy on appearances. You know, they say, we say we, you can't judge a book by its cover, but we do. 
that's why there's you know there's a whole industry and people people make a career out of design and and and, and book jacket design and packaging design packaging you know and that packaging for your business is just as important because people will kind of go if, if everything else is equal you will go for the better looking I mean that's in love as well right if everything you when, you, when you're in the days when you go into a bar you you know love at first sight is like when you when you clock somebody to you that that looks the most attractive in the room um, and that's who you get drawn to and we're the same with businesses. We're the same with brands. Um, and it's the way we're wired because as cavemen, you know, see, say, do. It's like you'd see something on the horizon and you make a, a snap judgment. If that animal walking towards you is dangerous, um, you know, or, or potentially dinner, um, you know, but you, you make that snap decision before they're close enough for you to hear them roar and before they come and do anything to you. So it, so, so sight and, and visual is a way of us keeping ourselves safe and of just, you know, get, uh, gauging if the world is actually, uh, if something's good for us or not. You know, you, you look at a banana and if it's mouldy or, you know, black, black and spotty, you kind of decide, or a piece of bread is mouldy, you decide there and then on site, whether that thing's good for you or not. Same with businesses. Very yeah, subconscious. Keeping the banana analogy going, um, that, you know, my wife won't, if the moment it gets a black spot on it, she won't touch it. Whereas I don't, I don't mind if it's gone over a little bit. I'm quite happy with that because I'll take it out on my bike with me and just wolf it sort of 20 miles into a ride because I still, it's still good for me. Mm-hmm. So actually kind of different, this is like a fourth dimension I feel to do say see. Like people's, different people's perceptions of the same thing also has a massive impact on it. You know those, um, you know those memes which you see when it's like this is what I think I do this is what my mum thinks I do this is what my friends think I do and this is what my workmates think I do you know and I I think that 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 really kind of sums up do say see and brand but added in that fourth dimension of other people's perceptions of that brand like quite nicely yeah but I mean you know obviously you create the brand that you that wants you, you want to attract your tribe. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if everybody likes you, then you're probably doing something wrong. Um, you know, if everybody, if you, it's one of those things where you've got to stand for something in order to stand out. Um, and my whole my whole shtick is about you know helping entrepreneurs to stand out because there are so many businesses out there. I, I can't I can never remember how many businesses launch each year. Uh, Robin, you might you might know. I know Andrew often quotes it. Um, but you know, and, and how many businesses fail, but the only way that you, if you've got to stand out, if you're in this, if you're the same and you're doing the same as your competitors and you're, and you look the same as your competitors, why is anybody going to, how are you going to catch someone's eye? Well, it's interesting. You you asked for the stat. I can give it to you. So we hit a tipping point in 2019 with the number of businesses. So half a million businesses started up, half a million businesses went out of business. And it was the first first time ever that those numbers came together. Up until that point through the internet kind of um, revolution the last 30 years, it had been more businesses starting up than went out of business. So we've been on this massive upward curve of like business startups. And and actually, I, I feel that it, there's... Um, the uh, we, you you, may, you kind of alluded to the crisis, you know. Actually, you're going to see a lot of businesses going out of business, and it's a bit sad. And I'm not, you know, but I, I think that we've got six million registered small businesses, and I actually think 20% of them shouldn't be in business. They don't deserve to be in business because they don't they don't invest in their business in the same way that um, really great 
you know, entrepreneurs and great business owners do. Um, they're kind of just playing a little bit. And, and I don't, you know, it kind of waters everything down. One of the things I've noticed through the crisis is that those who are serious, who've invested in things like their brand, um, who've invested in things like coaches, who have invested in other areas of their business, you can see that they are serious business owners and they're going to be so much more successful in the long run. They mm-hmm. kind of have that drive and determination to kind of get through this. And uh, it, it is sad, but I kind of believe in, you know, there's natural selection where people die in business. That doesn't happen. Like there is, you know, where you get the business owners who are, um, you know, they kind of, and I'm going to say something really controversial here now, because you kind of, that doesn't sound you, like you at all. You've right. tempted me with this sadness. So I'm going to say it how it is, right? There are business owners who on day two of lockdown thought, uh, this is too hard. I'm just going to go and get a job at Sainsbury's. Now, good for them. They thought they were doing the right thing. But does that send out the right message to their clients? They've worked really hard to get up, in that, up to that point, that they are serious about their business. No, absolutely not. And I, I actually think it starts with brands. People who invest in brand and following that through with their entire sort of branding, their look, um, tells me something that they are serious about business. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, branding is, is is dressing your business for the jobs that you want. So it's taking that pride in your appearance. It's, you know, yeah. you wouldn't turn up in a bin bag for a meeting and, and you know, and it's you, you don't want to look scruffy when you go. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of people did give up the ghost, I think, when, when COVID hit. But, you know, I mean, I'll have to say I, I watched the news for about two weeks when COVID first hit because I was terrified for my for my children and for my family's health and da, 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 and I spiraled a little bit for two, two weeks. I didn't do anything really much on my business. Um, and I would say I went into a, a little bit of a depression and then I just snapped myself out of it. And I thought, no, you know, I can't, I can't be like this. I don't know how long this is going to go on. I wallowed in it for a while. And then I thought, well, no, we've just got to get on with it. Um, um, and what, what I found interestingly though, cause I mean, a lot of businesses have been hit um, badly uh, during COVID, and a lot, a lot of a lot of you know entrepreneurs I know that have been that have been trying to pivot and trying to change their business, but just simply because of the nature of what they do, they haven't been making as much money. Um, and I didn't know where mine was, you know, how mine was going to go. But actually, what I found are the entrepreneurs that I've been talking to are kind of thinking, well, in this quieter time, you know, I'm going to sort my business shit out and. Um, and actually brand and branding is part of their business shit. And especially if the businesses are pivoting or um, sort of adapting to the new way of working, uh, the message that I've been talking to, to a lot of entrepreneurs about is, is your brand and is your branding still uh, communicating how you want to be seen in this new world going forward? If your business has changed um, in any way, shape or form, or if you, if you want your business to change and you want your business to evolve and really who wouldn't, um, You've got to make sure that your that the messaging that you're putting out there um, reflects the changes that you're making, and so and that can be with your branding as well. That should be with your branding as well. So it's about evolving. It's not necessarily about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it's about realizing that times have changed and actually adapting your brand suit. Cool. I, I want to get to know the real Satner a little bit, if that's okay, because you alluded to something there as well. You mentioned your children and kind of the start of lockdown, and and um, you are you are a you're a hero you're a busy working mum like talk to us about kind of what that journey's been like as well uh well my children are a big part of my why um you know I never thought I wanted kids um and then I met Andy and all of a sudden you know something changed and and I thought well actually this is this guy be a great dad and then it turns out I was right um and um you know my mum said when I got pregnant she was like I always thought you were career 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 I never I never saw you as a mum and I was like no me neither so I came to I came to child you know children quite late um in life and so I really want to appreciate them I don't you know so so I built my career around 
um, wanting to be there for my children, to do the school runs, to go to the plays, to, you know, all the things that sometimes I felt maybe I didn't have as a kid because both my parents were doctors um, and worked very long hours. You know, they both worked for the NHS and um, God bless the NHS, you know, for keeping us going through this crisis. But um, I, I didn't particularly want to take that route and work, work quite as, I mean, that's, it's funny, isn't it? Because we say we don't want to work quite that hard, but we do work even more hours as entrepreneurs. Um, but we, but I can fit it around the kids. So, so it's been a, a big part of me, you know, moving away from media where the, the hours were dictated to, dictated to me to actually now being around for my children. And sometimes I do work late into the night to get things done, but, um, but it's my choice. So, so that's, uh, you know, um, I love the fact that, I've, that that both Andy and I have been there through them, through this whole homeschooling, <laughs> um, <laughs> through lockdown. And it, it, it's been, ch- I think there are tons of parents out there who are going, it's it's been challenging and we probably it's don't challenge. need to talk about it because <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah, we, we, we're in amongst it. We're still going through it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but summer holidays are going to seem like a, you know, piece of piss from now on, aren't they? Six weeks is nothing. <laughs> you know? um, so future years, hopefully it'll be a lot easier. That's it. And you've won some amazing awards recently as well. So Creative Entrepreneur of the Year 2020 for the Be Your Own Awards and also the Women in Business Rising Star Awards. And I know that obviously standing up for not women's rights, I don't know how to word phrase this, but you you are you are strong in, in supporting women in business and also things like, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and kind of the political stance. And I know this is a strong part of your brand, like making sure that you're bringing that personal kind of side of things into kind of... And, and, being open about it, which I, I, I kind of, I choose kind of not to bring those elements in. I, I F and blind and I bring other elements of my brand, brand into kind of out speaking and things like that. But, um, I, I really admire the fact that you kind of, um, you know, those two really important things to you, you're, you're open about that as well in business. Yeah. I mean, I, I think our values are really, really important to me. Um, and, um, you know, the business was built on values that we want to leave the world a better place. Um, and I'm feeling a bit emotional to talk about this, but you know, um, for for me, it's again, it's and it's about children. You know, leaving a better world for our children to grow up in. Um, so I'm big on green issues. You know, we do a green blog every uh, January because that's when everybody's thinking about New Year's resolutions, and that gets uh, a lot of engagement. We champion um, equal rights. And that's for women um, and for, you know, Black Lives Matter. And it's funny because with that whole thing, that brought up quite a lot of stuff for me. Um, and I realized I'd sort of been denying uh, being a person of color and, you know, living as a white person or white, white, white husband. I've also had white partners. I've got a lot of white friends. I've got lots of uh, people of color friends as well. But I'd never actually thought about my color um, and, you know, and all my friends go, I never think about you any differently. And that's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. But there are people out there that do think about me differently. I just don't, I don't choose not to associate with them. But in my little bubble, I was fine. I was all right, Jack. Um, and I didn't realize, you know, I hadn't even considered that maybe my Muslim friends or my black friends had it harder than me. So I sort of, sort of said, I, I had to come to terms with my own brown privilege, if you like, <laughs> in that, you know, I'm sort of quite middle class. I went to a private school. I had parents who were doctors, quite well educated. So I'm at kind of like the, at one end of the spectrum where I've had a lot of privileges in my life and therefore been shielded from a lot of what's going on out there. But actually now that I'm an author um, and I've got a voice or found my voice and um, I've got a platform, I think, you know, it's with great power comes with great responsibility. And actually if I can help um, change that with my perspective and, you know, I've had to do a lot of soul searching over the last 
couple of months as to, you know, and I, I don't want to leave the world in the same state that it was when we came into it. So that's, so it's a big part. And, and for women, you know, obviously um, I found a lot of women spoke more about Black Life Life Matters than men, but I realised that that's uh, one of my friends said, well, that's because women have to fight inequality as well. So I think they um, identified with that more I think with, with the trying to fight for equality but you know what I, I champion men as well as you know um you know uh, every father's day we do uh, we do an article and um, celebrating great dads who are entrepreneurs as well because I couldn't do what I do without Andy's support um, um and he's an entrepreneur but I couldn't do what I do if he wasn't the great dad that he is so I think men and women are responsible for raising the next generation or should be responsible for, and, and I want to celebrate great dads as well so that's you know we talk equality but we walk it as well everybody said oh god I've never seen an article praising dads for, for dadding you know but uh, what I want to show is yeah you can you can run a business and you can also be a present dad and we need present dads if our mums are going to rise as well and be able to do our thing we need we need the dads to pick up their share of the share of the load so celebrate that too yeah i think one of the things that's kind of really come to the fore for me is that um my total lack of understanding really for any of that side of it and i don't know why i've not invested the time to kind of learn and understand you know i'm i'm full-on white privilege i'm not going to lie you know i was i went to a private school i you know a middle-class family we lived in a nice house in the cotswolds you know still do and and so i think it's very easy to kind of forget sometimes like your you know uh background upbringing and what you really stand for um so it's it was quite enlightening when i've seen some of the things that you kind of put onto social media it's kind of like actually made me start to think about it and whilst i may not be out there as an activist actually just the mere fact that i am thinking about it kind of you know raises that awareness and i kind of hope that um I, that, uh, there's a part of me which kind of says you know don't bring politics into business but equally i now start to kind of see the importance of kind of you know the two of them overlapping because the world is so mixed. It is so um, uh, ine- unequal, if that's the word. Um, and you look at even business owners, you get, you, you see people sort of, you know, not three or four miles away from me who are, um, you know, maybe um, getting some help from the government, for example, trying to set a business up and doing the right thing. But because of my background, it's been easier for me you know, and because of my contacts, it has been easier for me. And I was just like, somebody said something really profound to me the other day. It's a bit like, um, everybody gets invited to the party. We can all go and write a book, for example, but, um, you know, there's a subset of people who can go and, uh, you know, eat at the adults table. And there's a subset of people who get left at the children's table. And like that, so there's that natural disparity, which seems to happen and nobody's really aware of it. We just go to our tables. And I, and I, and I was kind of like, yeah, actually, that kind of makes sense. And that is very unfair and very unjust. Yeah, I mean, I, I read this quote, I think it was diversity is being asked to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so that's that's the difference, right? So we're, we're living in a diverse world. We're all there. We've all got an equal right to be there. But who's getting asked to dance is up, is, is is kind of weighted at the moment. And um, uh, some, a friend of yours and mine, Lucy McCarricker, is doing some amazing uh, series of, of interviews. Actually, mine's on... Um, today at 12 o'clock. I know this, this will be going out later um, on your podcast, but um, I've been interviewed about my experience, um, you know, sort of with Black Lives Matters. And she's talked to quite a few BAME authors. So she's doing loads to to equal the playing field. She was doing that for women and w- women writers um, yeah. beforehand uh, because only 70, 70% of uh, business books are written by men, only 30% by women. And so she's on a, a massive mission to equal that up. And then, and then she's now sort of trying to get um, black voices heard. So, you know, I think it's, it's different, isn't it? I mean, I understand your, 
your reticence to bring politics into business. But I don't think that this that race is, is political. I think race is human. Mm. Um, I think actually that's about humanity and about caring about people. So, um, you know, it's not whether you vote conservative or or Labour as to how you should feel about other members of the human race. Um, so it's it's about, I really appreciate, I know it's an uncomfortable um, conversation uh, for a lot of people to have. So I really appreciate you bringing it up, Robin, because I know it's not core to, to what you normally talk about on the shows, but I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, no, it's, you know, this is, this is about you as the guest and like equally, it's about um, helping everybody to understand things a little bit better. And I think maybe the reason why people are fearful, like I said, of, of kind of talking about this stuff in business, they just don't understand it. And I, and I actually think that's kind of okay. Yeah. And and I think, you know, which, which is actually, sometimes it's better to say nothing and, and kind of, you know, stay out of that conversation until you kind of fully understand it and can make a well-articulated argument. Either way, it doesn't matter. But asking um, questions, you don't have to have the answers because none of yeah. us have all the answers right now or we're all learning, we're all on a journey and actually having these conversations increases understanding, you know? Um, and so, you know, to go back to your fearless um, uh, brand, um, it's not. It's not necessarily about being fearless. The fearlessness has to be in asking the questions and actually being open yeah. to learning and listening um, and understanding. Because I've, I've been listening to the other um, uh, interviews that she's been doing, um, and the other two were with um, black authors, and I hadn't ex- appreciated the stuff that they got. You know, which is obviously going to be worse than the stuff that I got because there's gradations of race racism. Yeah. Um, and the darker your skin, the more you're exposed to it. So, um, so I hadn't appreciated that until the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm learning too. Yeah. Well, I, I like yeah. I said, I, I admire your mission and the way that you're going about it. I think, um, you know, don't ever stop that and don't ever let, you know, anybody who's uneducated like me ever kind of, you know, hold you back from kind of um, getting that word out there. Cause I think it's important. I think more people need to do that. So, Thank you. so good for you. Um, <laughs> so what, what's, um, in terms of, um, you know, what are you working on at the moment? What's next for Satna? Oh, what's next? Well, um, I have been doing these uh, brand strategy workshops through um, lockdown um, and they started off as a as a free way to help because I wanted to be able to help business owners through, um, you know, COVID and, and through lot. We didn't know how long this was going to go on for. Um, so it was, again, that message about, you know, is your brand still relevant for, for the business that you, that you want to run? And they've been going down a storm. We're doing an exclusive one with um, with the Fearless Group, uh, aren't we, as well? So, Absolutely. Um, so that, that'll be a great chance to meet some of the Fearless uh, members um, and talk to them about brand and get them to understand and, and help them. So that, so we've been doing a lot of that, and I think that's that's really um, taken off. So we're, we're continuing to do that. Um, we've also developed these um, one-day um, brand workshops, working one-on-one with, with the entrepreneur. So we've got like a startup uh, one where they can basically nail their brand in a day, and this is not about a logo. A logo is part of it, but we talk about brand values and vision and, um, you know, where they want to go, where they, you know, and also their customer vision. Who is their customer? Where are they now? And where, where do they want to go? what's the transformation what's the journey you're going to take your customer on so we talk about strategy in the morning and then we we do we make that visual in the afternoon so those have been really kicking off again through through lockdown we do them on zoom yeah you see them in in real life and we can we can do those on zoom um and i'd like to bring my book out in um on Audible um, by, hopefully, by that, thank you, uh, <laughs> there on my shoulder, over my shoulder. Um, Let's Get Visible, available at uh, all good Amazon retail outlets. Uh, but, uh, it. Can't beat a good shameless plug. Can't beat a good shameless Let's <laughs> Get Visible. Oh, it, well, and it, well, that won an award, didn't it? It was it did. Inspiration, um, at the Business Book Award, so it's highly commended. But So sick, second place, silver, but, you know, I'll take it anyway. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 getting that onto Audible is going to be a, the, uh, a challenge for early 2021. Um, and that, yeah, so it's just uh, it's just getting the message out there more. And Something interesting there about putting the book onto um, to Audible about branding, which is very visual. So you're going to have yes. visual, Audible. And what's going to be the kinesthetic version of Let's Get Visible? Well, I know it needs to be do say see, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah <laughs> big, uh, well, yeah, auditory, visual, visual, and kinesthetic. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm still, I'm still. I think parts of the book will need to be rewritten to take into account the fact that there isn't a visual with it. So that's uh, that's going to be a, a challenge for 2021. Well, and probably taking part in the workshops as well. I'd imagine it's kind of fairly kinesthetic because there's a bit of kind of you know workshopping which they've got to do. So yeah, yeah uh, that's in terms of their brand, kind of like and, yeah. and yeah, I know you and I are both really wait, waiting for the day when we can do real life workshops again because um, I'm more of a people person like you know I, I love being in a room with people and um, it's been kind of quite for somebody quite sociable like me to not be in a room with with people is kind of quite weird so that'll be the like I can't wait until we can get back and actually do speaking engagements again but quite yeah. to be fair I, I've quite enjoyed the peace and quiet of my bunker and not having to get in the car and like travel and things like that so. yeah yeah there's been definite pluses definite pluses and um and I hope we don't lose all of that and I hope we don't forget the things that we've learned while we've been in lockdown because we've I mean we've actually really enjoyed hanging out together and um you know I've um I ended up going to a garden centre on Saturday, which is something that I've never done willingly uh, in the past before. <laughs> like, not, I think the last time was probably with my parents. So I was like, what has happened to me in lockdown? I'm baking and I'm you know, making cakes with the kids and cookies and and going to the garden centre. So, yeah, and, but um, we've all just stopped to slow, learn to slow down a little bit. It's a good thing. Cool. Well, listen, we will share all of the links to the book. And I know that you also have an offer, which is to get the um, first chapter of the book for free, don't you? So we'll make sure we put a proper link out there I for do, people to yes. grab hold That's of that. Let'sgetvisiblebook.com. So if you uh, go there and put, drop your name in there and you'll get the first uh, sample, a sample of the book for free. Perfect. And it's a great book as well. Tons of value in there. So we'll, we'll share all of those links as well in the show notes and then uh, when the podcast goes live. Uh, so to finish up, Satna, I always have a question, which is um, hopefully you've prepared for this. If not, don't worry, you can have a few moments to think about it. We're going to hop into the Fearless Business time machine and okay. you get to punch in the date some point in the past and Ooh, go, you've got to go back, back to the and, future lately with the boys. So this yeah, is so this, this is our, a fearless back to the future, basically. So you've got to go back to any point in your past and you're going to have a word with Sapna back then so when would it be and what are you going to say to her uh you know there's so many key points I think that I think the hardest time of my life as it is for a lot of people is when you're a teenager um and you sort of riddle with so much doubt and um and I think I'd probably just just say it's all going to be all right you know it's all going to work out and that's the, you know, if you just keep doing what you do and do, do something that you love, which is what I do anyway, it doesn't feel like work. Um, and that's what's going to make you happy. So um, luckily I was hot-headed enough and strong enough to uh, to follow my my route when I was a teenager. But I could have been swerved off. My dad wanted me to be an optician. Oh. Um, yeah. And my, my, my form teacher told me that I was too bright to be a designer. Uh, to go to go to art college, uh, too bright to go to art college, which obviously my art teacher was livid about. Um, and it was, and if I'd have allowed myself to be swerved, then I could life could have been very, very different. So, um, so yeah, follow your heart, and it's all going to be all right. 
Excellent. That's a really powerful message to end the um, end the podcast interview with. So thank you, Satna. I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being open and honest as well about everything to do with your business, your family, um, and uh, obviously equality as well. So keep on championing all of those things. Keep on doing your great work because the brand, the brands which you produce, I mean, I can say for one, they are absolutely brilliant because you did help me with the Fearless Business brand as well, So, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for. So we will be carrying on with our mission to help business owners to uh, slow down, create space and confidently charge more. But thank you, Satna, again, for coming on to the show. Thank you.